Good evening and welcome to a very special edition of Unexplained. I'm Jeff Friend. This evening, I'm joining you from the Priestley House in Canton, which some consider to be one of the most haunted homes in this town. It also happens to be the site of a future unexplained investigation, rather fitting since this is Halloween. But our investigations for this half-hour special have taken us beyond the borders of Mississippi and deep into the heart of Alabama. We'll take you to five locations, all of which are believed to be haunted, and they're all in one city. We'll let you see and hear the evidence for yourself so you can decide, are these stories for real? So grab the popcorn and dim the lights if you dare. This is Unexplained Haunts 2. Spirit followed us up to the room. The historic river town of Selma, Alabama is about the last place you would expect to find a castle, but that's just what we did, complete with its own set of ghosts. In the heart of Selma's historic district lies a grand German Gothic home, which at first glance even appears to be haunted. The dark brick, beautiful stained glass windows and unique architecture stand out amongst the surviving antebellum homes of Selma. It's one of the best examples uh, and one of the few examples of what they call the uh, Rhine Gothic architecture. and does remind you of a castle on the Rhine. Uh, very unusual for this part of the country. The Weaver House, also known as the Castle, was built by the Weaver family and was completed in 1865. Mr. Weaver was a, a planter. And he was the wealthiest man in Dallas County, so I've been told. Noted author and Selma resident Catherine Wyndham says the castle represented the best Selma had to offer for many years. Oh, it was elegant. It was built when people had money to spend and who spent it on things that mattered, on things that lasted. Years of neglect have taken its toll on the castle, only adding to the legend that this home is haunted. The last person to live there says it's no legend at all. There are spirits within the walls of the castle. My mother was spending the night uh, with us. Uh, she uh, was asleep and said she woke up and she saw someone in white standing by the bed and she thought it was uh, me and called my name and it just disappeared into uh, the uh, bathroom. But ghostly apparitions aren't the only things happening in the castle. Sometimes the spirits speak. My little white dog started barking, and a voice said, shut up, dog. I looked around to see who was there, and no one was there. I decided I'd better go see where the boys were, and they were upstairs watching TV. None of them had been downstairs. So uh, I said, boys, put your things together. We'll go on to Mom's. It's stories like these which pique the interest of our unexplained investigative team. We started by photographing the house with digital cameras looking for orbs, which many investigators believe to be the visible proof of a spirit or a ghost. I just saw you move against the wall, so we know you're here. Okay. 
I see you again. I just took your picture. Our team captured a variety of orbs in the castle, some very distinct, other images containing several orbs. In this shot, paranormal investigator Ronnie Nixon is checking his equipment. After producer Rick Garner saw a streak of light shoot across his arm. Interestingly enough, the picture shows an orb near the spot where Rick saw the shaft of light. The team then headed into the kitchen, an area noted for its high rate of paranormal activity. Our crews attempted to collect several EVPs or electronic voice phenomena. Investigators believe EVPs are the ghost communicating through an electromagnetic phenomenon that isn't audible to the human ear, but is captured on the recording device. And this is what we caught. With this EVP, the question, what is your name, has been asked. The response seems to be candy. Who are you? And in the end, our team was forced to leave the castle, but not by any ghosts or spirits. We can thank the very unhospitable Selma mosquitoes for a hasty departure. One of the theories behind the ghostly presence at the castle goes back to the home's original owners, the Weaver family. You see, Mr. Weaver had originally planned to build another wing onto the home, but it was never completed, leaving many to think he had unfinished business at the castle. When Unexplained Haunts 2 returns, what does a daring prison escape, cotton speculation, and a dying Civil War soldier all have in common? Southern ghost stories, of course. All that when we come back. Many wealthy Southerners lost their fortunes speculating on the price of cotton. But for John Parkman, he lost more than just his fortune. He lost his life. Considered by many to be the crown jewel of Selma's historic district is Sturdivant Hall. Its imposing yet graceful columns showcase a home which represents an era which is all but forgotten. From top to bottom, inside and out, Sturdivant Hall is an exercise in Southern tradition. The home was completed in 1853 by Colonel Edward T. Watts and remained in the Watts family for the next 11 years. Sturdivant Hall was then purchased by a young wealthy banker, John Parkman, and it's here where the story gets interesting. You see, Mr. Parkman was also a cotton speculator, and he lost much of his fortune when the price of cotton went down. Federal officials thought Mr. Parkman used some of their money to pay off his debt. The agent here just knew Mr. Parkman had used some of that federal money to cover his losses on the cotton deal. So they had Mr. Parkman arrested and put in prison out at Old Cahaba. Mr. Parkman, along with his supporters, proclaimed his innocence. Then they staged a daring escape. Everything was going beautifully till one of the guards just happened to look up, saw Mr. Parkman escaping, shot him. Now, whether he died instantly or whether he drowned, we really do not know. But Mr. Parkman had vowed that he was never going to leave here until his name was cleared. And some believe Mr. Parkman has held true to his promise. And when I saw him, he ran from this door to that door. Workers at the house have reported numerous sightings of Mr. Parkman, and they even believe they have photographic evidence of his presence following the removal of an anvil from the garden. When that picture came up, right where the anvil was is an orange streak. Never before has that camera made a picture like that, nor since. John didn't want that anvil moved. But Mr. Parkman isn't the only spirit believed to inhabit Sturdivant Hall. Some think his children still play in this upstairs bedroom. There's, there's usually activity in this room. It was last Tuesday when I came up here. The seat in the carriage was sitting catawampus. We had to fix it back. And the little dresses, see, they look like they've been played with now. 
Our unexplained investigative team, along with members of the Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research, began gathering evidence looking for Mr. Parkman and his children. But the door opens a lot, and there not be anybody there. We keep it latched. We had to put a latch on it because it would open too much. The team continued to take digital pictures and search for EVPs. Unfortunately, no conclusive images or sounds were collected, which doesn't in any way diminish the mysterious history of this fine home. Sturdivant Hall, although rich in ghost lore, didn't provide much in the way of conclusive evidence that it's haunted. But our next stop is a different story. The Baker House is rather understated, but the evidence we collected speaks volumes. While driving through Selma, it might be easy to miss our next stop, the Baker House. The Baker House was built in the mid-1850s by a wealthy Philadelphia businessman, George Baker. Mr. Baker was um, an inventor with several cotton patents for ginning materials and machines and he had a hardware and mercantile store. Inside, many of the home's original touches still remain, including the parquet floor, ornate wall coverings, and beautifully sculpted crown molding, despite a devastating fire which destroyed the second floor. That happened in 1954 when a fire came about by way of a tenant smoking a cigarette, and they chose not to put the second story back on after the fire. The house still bears scars from that fire, here you can see burn marks left behind by the blaze. But the unexplained investigative team became interested in the Baker House not because of the fire, but for its small role in the Civil War's Battle of Selma, and an indelible mark left on the home by a wounded soldier. Supposedly, there was a um, soldier, and I'm not going to say whether he was a Confederate or a Union soldier. I've heard both, but uh, I would lead to believe that it probably was a Union soldier that was... Uh, injured nearby and either was brought here or crawled here and the bakers took him in and i had always been been told that it was a union soldier so i think that that's i think that that is the the dominant theme that stands out to most of us here it's said that the wounded soldier was placed under the stairs in the front of the baker house and it's here where the unnamed soldier left his mark the blood stains in the rear of the front hall are where the soldier died. The stain is clearly visible to this day. But over the years, there has been little reported on paranormal activity happening at the Baker House, despite its rich history. The home's current owner, the great-grandson of George Baker, did have one occurrence while standing in the kitchen with a friend. He and Vicki were standing in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, the radio just started blaring at the top of its speakers and scared both of them. Uh, the radio had not been on even softly or anything. It just came on. Our unexplained investigators quickly went to work looking for evidence of the supernatural. Sean Nichols with the Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research and producer Rick Garner were exploring the Baker House and walked by the area where the soldier died. Sean had just turned on his recorder and it's here that they uncovered something quite extraordinary. <laughs> It's enough to make even the biggest skeptic think twice. A voice can be clearly heard saying, talk to me. Both investigators say the digital recorder had just been turned on, and no audible voice was heard until they reviewed the recording. The research continued through the taking of digital photographs. This picture at first excited our team. You can clearly see what appears to be a second phantom door to the right of a real door. But upon closer examination, we decided this was a reflection off the material on the far right. 
you can see the mirror image of the angle of that material. However unassuming the Baker House may be, it did provide a startling example of paranormal evidence. These two investigations turned out to be the biggest surprises of our tour of Selma. We had high hopes for collecting evidence at Sturdivant Hall, while we almost didn't go to the Baker House, which ended up yielding the most compelling evidence. An antebellum home is watched over by a former resident when Unexplained Haunts 2 returns. Restored to its former glory, Grace Hall in Selma's historic district is full of southern charm. Of course, some people think it's also full of southern ghosts, which mix with the guests. One of Selma's best-known antebellum homes is Grace Hall. Built in 1857 by Henry Ware, Grace Hall has served as a home, a bed and breakfast, and even a boarding house. During the Civil War's Battle of Selma, Grace Hall was the operations headquarters for the Wilson Raiders. During their occupation, nearly 60% of Selma was burned and destroyed. But the home's longest residents were Anna Evans and her family, who stayed at Grace Hall for more than 80 years. And some believe they haven't left. And there have been dozens of cases where visitors have reported seeing an apparition walking along the balcony out by the guest houses. They've seen her walk across here, and invariably the, the apparition they describe is an elderly woman with a lace dress and a high-collared lace dress, looks like turn of the century, and uh, they always describe the same person, and she's pacing back and forth out on the balconies of the guest house. The mysterious figure is believed to be that of Eliza Jones, also known as Ms. Eliza, who was the niece of the home's owner, Anna Evans. It's believed that Ms. Eliza even gave birth to one of her daughters, Grace Baker Jones, in the upstairs bedroom known as the Green Room. Our investigators keyed in on this room after the home's current owner said his daughter became uneasy staying in it. When we first moved here, our, we, our daughter chose one of the rooms to sleep in as her room, and uh, she uh, later became somewhat uncomfortable being there, and so we moved her to another room. This room was always so cool, cold, sometimes cold. Picked up a couple of cold spots in the house. Uh, one in particular was the green room. Uh, Notice a substantial amount of uh, temperature change in that room, maybe about 15 degrees difference in there. Paranormal investigators often look for things like cold spots or areas of extreme temperature change, which they believe signifies the presence of a spirit. Our investigators started by taking digital pictures looking for orbs or what they believe are captured images of ghosts. The green room revealed many excellent orbs as they are three-dimensional in appearance, seeming to be multi-layered. Dust, water particles, or insects appear rather flat and are often mistaken for orbs. We considered using this image as an example of how no orbs were present, but then a possible orb was discovered in the photo, and upon closer examination, the orb appears to contain something rather comical, a smiley face or the face of a jack-o'-lantern. The image was not altered, however, it does seem rather appropriate, don't you think? Our investigative crew also attempted to capture EVPs, or electronic voice phenomena. Undetectable to the human ear, EVPs sometimes contain ghostly voices or sounds. The green room did reveal several interesting EVPs like this. All the windows were closed during this investigation. Yet what clearly sounds like a barking dog can be heard, and no dogs were present at the home. And perhaps more interesting is this voice which was captured. Remember, the green room is believed to be the place where Ms. Eliza gave birth to one of her daughters. 
Outside, our investigations yielded little except for this, an odd white light. You can see these two pictures were taken from virtually the same angle. A small white light appears from behind one of the shutters, almost protruding beyond it. Behind the shutters is an unused bathroom, which the owner says light bulbs constantly burn out. At the time of the picture, no lights were on. But do the results of this investigation add up to a true haunting? The home's owner isn't convinced, although life has taught him to keep an open mind. I do a lot of work in Africa, and we work with uh, the medicine man there. And uh, when we do our traditional medicine and we do our diagnostics, the medicine men will then come and they will identify a spirit or an aura, a spirit around the person, and it always matches up with whatever we have diagnosed. So in my work in Africa and India and Nepal, I've seen enough to, to at least accept, even as a scientist, that there's a lot of phenomenon that we can't measure and that we don't fully understand. Interestingly enough, Dr. Johnson says he would love to see the spirit or spirits at Grace Hall. He says, as always, he would keep an open mind and a scientific approach. When Unexplained Haunts 2 returns, the legend of the James Gang lives in a Selma hotel, along with some playful and persistent spirits. Along the banks of the Alabama River stands the majestic St. James Hotel, restored so well that people from 100 years ago would even recognize it today. Of course, some people believe that the guests there like the hotel so much, they've decided not to check out. A visit to the St. James Hotel circa 1837 is a step back in time. After being abandoned for many years, the hotel has been restored to its former glory and is the South's only remaining antebellum Rivertown Hotel. One of its frequent and perhaps most infamous guests had family in Selma. Jesse James and Frank James were frequent uh, visitors to the hotel. They um, had relatives in Selma, and they would stay here when they were in town. After the battle for Selma, the St. James Hotel was occupied and spared by Union troops, who had burned two-thirds of Selma. The hotel was also managed by the first African-American U.S. congressman, Benjamin Sterling Turner. However, it's the undocumented history that hotel workers know all too well. We've had desk clerks that worked at night. Um, of course, our desk is manned 24 hours. And they would be in the hotel alone and report that even though the doors were locked, the front doors would open and close by themselves. A gentleman smoking a cigar has been seen in the drinking room. Dogs barking in the courtyard when there are none present. Water faucets turning on and off by themselves. Many different accounts. Very similar stories that would, would seem to, to let you know that there was really something to it. Until this night, no paranormal investigation had been conducted at the St. James. We were actually followed by one of the spirits that made eye contact with me that was in the courtyard. Meet Karen McCutcheon. Most of her life, Karen has had a sixth sense. It has been more of a curse than a blessing. Her abilities frightened her until a few years ago when she accepted her psychic abilities shortly before an amazing experience at the St. James. And this particular spirit followed us up to the room and stayed for quite a long time and was insistent on its presence being known. The Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research, assisted by Karen, began examining the St. James for hauntings. We begin in the ballroom where Karen previously had experienced psychic impressions. There were two individuals standing there. And it was interesting because I was walking around back there and there was a child that started following me. Turning my battery. It's 
put the batteries in too. Paranormal investigators say that the loss of battery power is common and is the result of a spirit being near. Is anyone here? Next is the courtyard known for mysterious sightings and sounds. We know you're here. She's very interested in your equipment. Look at this digital photo. You can clearly see an orb is present, although unseen in the video. Employees at St. James actually seem relieved that our investigation provided some evidence that there's more than just their imaginations at work in this hotel. And as guests continue to check in, little do they know what secrets have never checked out this haunted hotel by the Alabama River. And out of all of our investigations, the St. James Hotel is the only location with the report of a spirit with a bad attitude. Of course, if you had been dead that long, you might be a little upset too. So are ghost images from the past, spirits with unfinished business or unending love, demons mimicking loved ones for the purpose of deception? The evidence we've gathered proves there's more around us than we know. Thanks for joining us. In Search of the Unexplained, I'm Jeff Brandt.